Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, the newest entry in the Sony Films franchise. So we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Uh, wait, where's Dylan? Uh, okay, actually, uh, the big secret is the uh, we lost power uh, during the half of the recording of this episode, and we lost it. We came back and recorded the back the back half of the show, thought we had it, and we don't. So I'm uh, here by myself for the first little bit to just quickly recap what you missed on the, the first half of the show, and uh, Dylan will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to do our Pickle of the Weeks really quick. Um, I, I've got Dylan's. Dylan picked Hawkeye Kate Bishop number one, uh, and I picked Star Wars Life Day number one, celebrating my favorite stupid Star Wars holiday, Wookiee Life Day. Uh, and we are going to uh, do real quick our good ones. If you don't, if you're not familiar with that segment of the show, that is where we list all the number one comics that are coming out this week. Number ones are the perfect place to jump onto a new series or start reading something because comics can be kind of intimidating if you don't really know what uh, where to start or anything like that. So number ones are the perfect place. So we have a few this week. We have uh, Joy Operations, Girl Scouts, Stone Ghost, Black Panther. Hawkeye, Hulk, Hulk's a big one, make sure you come out for Hulk, uh, Star Wars Life Day, Good Boy, uh, Miskatonic, Even Death May Die, Tales from the Dead Astronaut, Trash and Can It, Disposable Heroes, Turkey Day, and Wild Bullets. Um, all of those are available at all Bedrock City locations. Um, Black Panther is a big one, Hulk is a really, really huge one from Donny Cates. Um, if you've been reading any of his books in the past couple of years, you know, he's a Marvel superstar writer. Um, and I'm sure he's going to bring his unique shine to this new Hulk book. Um, but let's talk about events really quick. Um, so we have Thanksgiving this week, so, uh, there is no live sale, uh, this week. Uh, so it is going to be next week is going to be the uh, supersized, you know, two weeks of being able to collect all these awesome key issues. Um, so that the live sale is going to be returning on the 1st of December. Um, doing uh, Dylan's events first, or store-wide events, we have um, Black Friday uh, this coming th- Friday on Friday the 26th, day after Thanksgiving, uh, at all Bedrock City locations. Um, from 10 to noon, we have Doorbusters, uh, where you get buy two, get one free on t-shirts, which is going to be super exciting. We have a bunch of new t-shirts in stock, uh, in stock ready for this. Um, and then we have the standard sale prices, you know, 40% off graphic novels, 50% off back issues, 20 to 50% off toys, et cetera, et cetera, and on down the line. Uh, so make sure you come out for that. And then on, in the same vein, we have our yearly holiday party for customers on December 15th, starting at 7.30 PM, uh, till probably about 10. It's going to have raffles, free food, uh, and sale prices. So, the sale prices are just the same as the Black Friday sale and our standard uh, sale prices for everything. So it's going to be half off back issues, 40% off graphic novels, the same as I just said for the Black Friday. So make sure you come out for that uh, to to your Bedrock City location uh, nearest you. And you can get, uh, hopefully win some raffle prizes uh, and free food. Uh, that's uh, always uh, my favorite part. Then... Uh, my events. Uh, thank you, everybody who came out to Keyforge and Paint Night last month. Uh, always a great time to have everybody. Um, so at Bedrock City Clear Lake uh, in December, we have Keyforge on the 10th and the 17th. Those are at 7 p.m. Uh, till about 9:30 p.m. We set up an hour early if you want to come down, learn to play. Um, perfect for beginners. It's a very beginner-friendly game. So 
Uh, beginner play uh, begins at six, and then you are ready to go and join the tournament if you want to. It's uh, very simple, very fun. Um, then we have our next paint night at my location, Bedrock City Clear Lake, on December 18th at 6 p.m. Uh, and we are going to be doing a freestyle paint night. That is paint anything off the peg. We have a big, huge uh, miniature order coming in. Lots of dragons, lots of cool enemies, lots of really fun stuff to paint. Uh, we will have many paint sets available to purchase, as well as some free store paint to use. Or you can bring your own. Really, it's whatever you want to do. Uh, it is the, the freestyle night. Um, also, we're going to have on uh, at our Bedrock City Katie location on December 4th, uh, I'm sorry, December 3rd, Friday, uh, they're going to be having a My Hero Academia collectible card game tournament, the first one that we've ever had. Game is sold out at all stores, but we held back a little bit of product to be able to host this event, so make sure you come down for that. That's going to be Friday at 7, um, and that we also will be teaching the game at that point because the game is super new. Um, and then also on December 11th, Katie, the Katie location will be hosting their first paint night. They're going to be doing the bone claw kit. It's $20. You get your bone claw miniature. You get 12 paints, two brushes, water pot, little palette, and we all try to paint the same things together. So if Clear Lake is a little far from you, hopefully Katie's a little bit closer. You can go check out, uh, that location, our newest location and, uh, do the paint night over there. Um, what else? Uh, I think, you know, let's see. That's all the events we have. Um, then it will be the watch list. And as uh, as we said that you didn't get to hear, I didn't watch anything. I had a very busy week. Uh, Dylan didn't want, watch much either. Uh, we're going to get into the Ghostbusters review, the back half of our Ghostbusters Afterlife review. As I said, it is just Dylan and I. Um, when we resume recording, we thought we had the previous 20 minutes, but we didn't. So very unfortunate. We were in the middle of talking about the cinematography and how surprisingly decent it was um, and that we really enjoyed um, the performances of McKenna Grace um, as Phoebe and that the movie was surprisingly better than we thought. And fair warning, spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife and the rest of the franchise. So if you do uh, care about spoilers for this movie, um, skip ahead about 10 minutes. And then you should be good to go. Because um, there are a couple of surprises that are... Well, there's really only one big surprise that is spo that is spoilerable. Um, but anyway, um, thank you for bearing with me uh, for, for this, uh, you know, a little bit of a solo intro here. Let's get back to the, to the Ghostbusters review. And we're back. That was weird. Uh, so it's not raining. It's not storming that I'm aware of. But yet the power in my apartment complex flashed for two seconds therefore uh here we are right in the middle of talking about uh cinematography uh i don't remember where we were i think we we all liked it we were putting it over it was great talking about eric eric spielberg yeah who has also worked on a bunch of jason reitman stuff right right um either way um i i, I liked the movie i had a good time with it um dylan what else did you have anything else you wanted to bring up about ghostbusters afterlife um yeah, I okay, so I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fine. I don't think I liked it quite as much as Michael did, but I went in with like basement level expectations, like kind of dreading it for, for no right. good reason. Um, but so like it did I was pleasantly surprised. It was super watchable. I especially liked the first two thirds of the movie. Um, yes. it was very 
I will say the the story didn't really enthrall me. It there wasn't much story to speak of, you know. It was like some there's some ghost. I, I guess that's Ghostbusters, you know. But it's like right. there's some ghosts around that we need to stop, and that was like that there's was ghosts it, that need busting. you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought, like Michael said, McKenna Grace was great. I thought she saved it. Um, Absolutely. And otherwise, I think maybe without her, it would be leaning towards bad. Honestly. Um, I thought she grounded the whole thing. I agree. Um, she was everybody else was like a cartoonish. Yeah, and I liked. I'm not sure if like this has been talked about in like articles and stuff, but it seemed like she was like definitely on the spectrum, like uh, autistic, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And they talked about it in the movie without making it a punchline, you know, which I really liked. It yes. wasn't like played for laughs, you know. That's just how she was. So I thought that was really cool. Um. I liked her a lot. Uh, the Michael kind of said this, but at the end when like the big battle started, um, I was excited to see some things, and then it turned out to be uh, like just oh, the original guys are going to come in and save the day, and then that's it. And it didn't it didn't feel earned to me because they didn't set it. They didn't they, no they didn't they, set it up. They, they didn't, didn't tie it into the rest of the story. It wasn't like woven in where. Like there would be a big payoff at the end, you know. No, she made a call at one point in the movie, and then the all of a sudden they're here. Yeah, so it was kind of looming over the whole movie after that point. I was like, all right, when are they going to show up? Um, I was just kind of like waiting for it, you know. And I was, I, I was kind of hoping actually it would be earlier, like right, maybe pretty soon after she called. That way it could be more integrated. But it ended up being in the last twenty minutes or so. Um, yeah, they did just sort of say, show up out of nowhere. Yeah, I will say like the scene itself was good. Um, like if it had been earned, it would have been better. But like I, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is probably making a bunch of people happy, you know, like, yeah, like I bet people love this. And I and then I thought about like, oh, this is kind of I feel like this is what people wanted from Star Wars a little bit, you know, like the big um, like Han, Leia and Luke team up moment thing. Yeah. So like that's what was running through my head at the time. And I was like, I was like, ah, this isn't for me. But also I was like happy for the people who get that and like it, you know, because I think that's what they've wanted. I think they probably wanted a whole movie of that. Yes. Uh, but I'm glad that they got their moment, you know. It was it was a nice moment, but I, it, I th- it wasn't think, it wasn't yeah. made for me. Yeah, I think the only like properly earned moment in the movie would have been the 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 bit with Egon and Harold Ramis. Like, I mean, that wasn't I mean, it shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody um, right. that Egon shows up as a ghost because Harold Ramis A uh, passed away, uh, so he couldn't have been in the movie. But I, I like the way they handled it. I thought that was a good moment. Um, it was nice, yeah. Yeah, th- and that one was earned in the story, you know. Um, whereas, yeah, he yeah, was the- throughout the whole movie, so that yes, was exactly. worth it. Um, um, I thought I did think they lingered on him a little too much sometimes. They I was did. Like, Stop. He looks fake. Like we don't have to like look at his face this much, you know, like I wish he was a little bit more shadowy sometimes or. Yeah, not. I get that. Um, but he was a ghost. So that worked in its favor. You know, it wasn't like trying to recreate a, a whole person like a Tarkin or something like that. Right. Um, and he wasn't it wasn't one of those situations where it's an actor and they put a new face on him. Like he was just a totally CGI creation. Was he really? Uh, 
Yeah, I could tell like his hair looked faked it, fake yeah. and stuff. You know, he kind of looked a little, little polar well, expressy. Well, well, the blue, the blue go, the blue glowy bit helped out with that a lot because mm-hmm. agreed. You know, like uh, like you said, it's not like a Tarkin where, well, I mean, Tarkin was a was a CGI on top of a person, but uh, it Tarkin just looked fake. Like you know, yeah, this was much better. Yeah, this th- um, this was about as good as it could be, I think. But I will say the movie, like just like the summarizing movie, it's very Stranger Thingsy, like in the first part, which I guess Stranger Things is like inspired by Ghostbusters, I guess, you know, but yeah, more so because it's kids and there's like a looming like like the, I don't know, just like it reminded me a lot of Stranger Things season one, like the ghosts coming, like are gonna come out yeah. of this thing in this it's, small town. And it's also gonna very goonies. It. Yeah, um, that too. To, to draw from another 80s movie. So but it was successful. Yeah, uh, I just got the end battle because everyone that I cared about was sidelined. Like McKenna Grace didn't have much to do. Yeah. Um, and, so the yeah. the diner the diner girl I don't remember her name. She was just I thought she was kind of like a like charismatic actress. She was like turned into a dog, and then like podcast was just like dealing with some little marshmallow <laughs> guys. Yeah, and I was like, no, I mean that, no that one, was funny, but like it didn't that. do anything. Like we're just like, all right, kids, step aside as Dan Aykroyd handles this. The only part of this movie where I actually laughed was I, I, I did like them and in the Walmart, their little yes. antics, like killing themselves in various ways. I, I thought yes. that was funny. I, I liked that bit too. Um let's let's go ahead and rate this movie. I would say, well, first of all, would you say this is worth going out to watch it in theaters or with how quick everything is going to VOD, you think it's safe to wait? I think it's uh at home watch, unless you're a Ghostbusters fan. Right. I agree. I, I don't think the big screen is helping this. I did see it in Dolby, which was awesome um however i don't like i don't think that that would have made her i think i would have had the same experience at home mm-hmm. I, I always love seeing dolby but you know i don't think that's a make or break for the movie i think you could just as much enjoy it on on a night on a nice tv um right as you would in the cinema but uh let's let's rate it on the cgc scale as we always do um i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a seven five i had a very good time um that's uh, but I mean, again, like it's, it didn't, it didn't hit any home runs other than McKenna Grace, but I don't think it had any like, you know, horrible stumble. I mean, the, the, the other than what I said already about the original cast, not being the weakest, uh, being the weakest link in the movie. Um, I think it was, everything else was fine, but I, it, right. it, it all added up to a sum total of, I enjoyed it. So I'm going to say seven, five, I gave it three, five on a uh, letterboxd. Okay. Um, I would give it a seven L. Okay, is super watchable in my opinion. I thought everyone in the movie was good, like Michael said, and uh, it looked good. Not a lot of stories. So don't watch it for that, but um, I think it's super watchable at home. I will. I do want to like add that you should save for two after credit scenes. Oh yeah, there's one right after the credits, and there's one like at the very end as well, and they're pretty substantial. So yeah, they are. Um, yeah, seven L. 7-0. Okay. Decent. I was predicting like a 5-0 in my head, so I'm pleasantly surprised. Same. I was expecting to be like 4-0 board, you know, uh, and I it pleasantly was, surprised. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. To use Michael's words, put over a little too hard. I remember reading articles like Ghostbusters is CinemaCon and the when it was showed at CinemaCon and the all the theater retailers gave it like a standing ovation and stuff like that and it was like kind of heralded as like the savior of a the- the theater industry Yikes. and stuff you okay. know 
I was like, all right, let's, and it premiered, it tried to premiere film festivals and things, you know, and then it, you know, that I mean, it's Ghostbusters, it, come on. It's stay not, in, stay in your lane. It's not great. Like, unless, you, I don't know. I want to hear from someone who's a huge Ghostbusters fan about this. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, That's all I, I got. I, you know, someone in the store was telling me that, that they, they loved it. And of course, you know, nothing can top the original, but uh, to the, to the super stands, but uh, I, I've heard nothing but positivity from the people that have seen it. Nice. Um. Well, that's so, good because that means that it did pay off the stuff at the end because it wasn't for you and me, you know? Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's Ghostbusters. Um, we did it. We did it. We did the Ghostbusters thing. Um, let's let's get into the news, Dylan. What what, what right. you find? What you got? I have one that that I just noticed or just came out as the. Uh, during our downtime as we were down it might be a little bit before that but i, I um, also have one of those as i was waiting on my, for my computer to restart it's like oh look <laughs> this thing happened oh wait is it the same one no okay cool uh, maybe it's with ridley scott oh yeah you can have it no no you take it I'll, I'll okay on. um it's more your lane um let's see so i'll, I'll move on i'll keep on with ghostbusters it opened to a around 40 million uh domestically which is okay. not very good, unfortunately. Um, yeah. To compare it to something, the 2016 Ghostbusters, which also didn't do very well, opened to 44 million. So it didn't it didn't match the uh, the Paul Paul Feig version from 2016. Um, but I mean, there's like a little asterisk here. Thanksgiving weekend is week and weekend is generally huge for movies, and there's no other real competition coming out. Um, there's House of Gucci and. Uh, Resident Evil, which I'm going to see both of those. Um, well, I feel like House of Gucci like, doesn't compete with Ghostbusters. Right, yeah. Resident Evil does, but a bit. But, it's but, gonna, but that's going to flop. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, they are. That's the same audience. But if you're going to see one or the other, it's Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters, and this is like I think more of a movie where like the family would decide to go. You know. Yes. So I think it's going to have a good Thanksgiving week. I think a lot of people might have been waiting. Like, I'm not going to go this weekend. I'll go with my family next weekend, you know? So I think it's going to do well. But it did have a lukewarm a lukewarm opening. Um, worldwide, Eternal stayed at number one, and it cost $300 million. Um, It's up to 336.1. So it's doing very well. Um, nice. For a pandemic. It's doing okay. <laughs> Let's right. say that. Um, yeah, that's the box office. Look a little bleak, but... That's okay. I think we'll have good news next week. Um, let's see. I hadn't heard about this rumor. Apparently it's an old rumor, but it's been um, reignited now. Is that it's for the Batman um, that Barry Keoghan, who, uh, yes, I had to look that up just to make sure because yeah. um, he's Irish. Uh, he uh, played yeah. Druig in um, Eternals. And okay. we've known for a long time that he's in the Batman, the Matt Reeves movie. But it's saying uh, they've said the whole time that he's playing um, Stanley Merkel, who is uh, someone who works for Gotham City PD. But now, uh, I mean, apparently there's rumors that he's actually playing the Joker. Really? And um, yeah, his brother I mean, I'd be okay posted on Facebook. Barry's brother posted. So it's finally out. My brother is playing the Joker in the new Batman. Unreal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so either he's trolling or his brother confirmed that he is playing the Joker, but he deleted the post. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I mean, if that's true, I, I'm, I'm here for that casting. I like him a lot. 
Yeah, I know most most of our listeners probably know him from Eternals, but like he was super weird in Killing of a Sacred Deer. You yes, know, I could he see was phenomenal him. in Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's yeah. a Joker. That's a that's a baby Joker performance, is what that was. Yeah, and he was super weird in Green Knight as well. This guy plays weird weird dudes. That's kind of his brand, you know. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I could actually see it. I don't know. I'm into it. 100. Um, percent Perfect casting yeah. for me. I hope it's true. Um, it'd be nice to see, even if it's just like, maybe he's not Joker yet in this movie or something. Right. Some little setup. I don't I'd, know. I'd be okay with it. Um. Okay. So in addition to House of Gucci and Resident Evil, Hawkeye is next week. I'm very excited. Or this week. Sorry. I'm very excited. Um, it's on Wednesday. The first two yes. episodes. Wait, the, wait as in like two days from now? Or at, when this episode goes live? Yeah. It's, oh, oh, it's hot today. Woo. Woo. <sighs> Sorry, I don't have any concept of time. It's weird recording a little bit early, but it is. Uh, yeah, I'm getting my bearings. But it came out today. <laughs> nice. Everyone, I'm sure, has seen it by the time they're listening to this. But of course. Uh, the early reviews for it were very good. Um, pretty much all of them, if you had to like summarize, all of them said that Haley Steinfeld was the standout, which is surprising to no one. As of Kate, course. she plays Kate Bishop. Um, I don't know. I, the, they're saying it feels very MCU, and but also at the same time, a lot of them say it feels more like the Netflix stuff. And uh-huh. I think what they I think what they mean by that is it's more grounded, um, like street level, like not the Eternals creating the universe era like kind of thing, but more like like Daredevil, which kind of appeals to me. I think that seems we haven't gotten that. I mean, even Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was the most grounded of like recently, was still like world ending stuff a little bit you know um mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see more like a smaller story you know what i mean and yeah no i agree we've all been excited for Haley steinfeld this whole time but i mean this just confirms it and i feel like if you want to do some Haley steinfeld homework before hawkeye you should watch edge of 17 it's a- begin again <laughs> or that. That. yeah um i do love that movie though yeah, because she's, I mean, she's good in that. She's in, she's, she's I a, mean, has a pretty substantial role. So it's not a cameo, but yeah, that's true. Um, she's good in both of those. And uh, I think Edge of 17 was her, her like breakout role, not True Grit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Even though she was nominated for an Oscar for True Grit, but uh, was she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oscar, Academy Award nominee Haley Steinfeld. That's wow. what we have to say. There we go. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to review that next week. Like, super hype. Yes, um, definitely. Let's see. So we've, like, covered the Black Panther drama a lot. Yes. Wakanda forever. The ongoing drama. Yeah. I'm getting tired of it, um, of just hearing about it. But um, it has officially entered hiatus, which Ooh. basically means, um, like, when a movie enters hiatus, it's not like, if something's on hold for a little bit, all the cast and crew will kind of just be waiting around. Like, when do we start work again? You know? Yeah. But when it's on hiatus, often like contracts are released a little bit and like, cause you don't want people to just not work and like keep paying them forever, you know, for not right. doing anything. So hiatus is like, okay, you can go work on other stuff now. We'll be back soon. That kind of thing. And Feige, uh, there's like a note that was released. It was given to all the whole cast and crew about um, the situation. We will teach you right about her injuries and he says he said in it that 
they're winding down for the holidays and they'll be back in January. Um, so I, I would assume that everyone is just kind of like kind of hold off until work resumes, but I hope it actually does start in January. Cause that's pretty soon, you know, that's, not yeah, that's, that's not too far off. Yeah. Of a I mean, when's this movie so, supposed to come out? Uh, it doesn't have, or does it have a fake release date? Like it has a real one. I can't remember the exact date though. Um, okay. And I suspect it will change, but we'll see. Of course. Um, I mean, I don't know. This is like a doomed production. It's becoming a doomed production. You know, I yeah. want it to, I want it to like actually go smoothly because I'm excited for it, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully things start in January. We'll never hear about this production again. That would be nice. You know, until the movie comes out, I don't need any more news articles about Wakanda forever. No, let's um, just, let's just leave it until we know yeah. more. This incremental news cycle is a lot to deal yeah. with. Um, this one had me a little nervous. It's about Spider-Man, uh, no way home. Okay. I've okay. So I've been seemingly the only voice, like I've, I've told it to some people too, who's a little bit nervous in general about this movie, about Sony pulling this off. And I know Feige's involved and that's like, uh, like a good sign, but I have been just the way Sony has done their big, uh, movies where a bunch of people come in like amazing spider-man 2 where they right. tried to have like green Everybody goblin electro black cat you know like they had right. they yeah they bring in a bunch of rhino and then uh spider-man 3 you know like right. things they failed at this, this more all, than once yeah and this is amy pascal it's the same lady you know so i don't know um I just I don't think the Spider-Man No Way Home is the slam dunk that a lot of people think it will be. You know, I'm a little scared for it. I don't think they have to do much for it to be good because if you just have the three Spider-Men, I think people will forgive a lot. You know, Andrew Garfield said he's not in the movie. Okay, so yeah, he can not. just he needs <laughs> that poor man fighting for his life in every interview because he's promoting Tick Tick Boom, his new like yeah Oscar contender movie. <laughs> he's just and all he gets is Spider-Man. He needs Spider-Man. He needs Spider-Man as if he's gonna reveal it. How come no one is no one talking to Toby? Well, Toby's not promoting anything. He's just in hiding, you know. Oh, okay. He doesn't work other than. Well, I'm sure he's in other things, you know, <laughs> but uh, not that we know. Um, right. Okay, so yeah, that's that, that's the prelude. But uh, this is an interview with Tom Holland, and he said um, apparently that the movie was being written as it was being filmed. And then he said, "quote Some people were trying to figure out whether they wanted to do it, and we needed all of them or none." So they were still trying to get original, uh, it seemed like, um, original actors from, you know, maybe maybe Tobey Maguire. That would be my guess yeah. to do this. He would be the holdout. Um, yeah. Uh, or maybe, you know, some of the villains, if they want to do their Sinister Six thing, who yeah. didn't sign on till late. Um, so I think they had to write around that. And he said, you could ask the director, what happens in Act 3? And his response would be, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's just a really bad sign for me. That makes me think that maybe it won't be very cohesive. You know, like no, I, I get that. It's like it's if 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 you're already making this thing, uh, and you're like not a hundred percent sure what the plot is, like is, or or some of your plot elements are up in the air. It's like, however, you know, I can give an example to something, some something like that working out. Um, the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary special. Um, was was originally planned to have all um, modern era doctors in it. So David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, and Matt Smith. Okay. Um, 
but they they had everything written ready to go but they could not get eccleston to do it <laughs> eccleston would not do it he was not interested they they tried to pay him a lot of money he was not into it um and so they had to so they kept the story basically the same but they had to create this new character played by john hurt uh, who was this doctor that we've never heard of before because the, the story hinged on there being three um doctors and so they and they ended up telling a very very good and compelling story um under the circumstances and if you never knew that they were trying to do that uh it the story makes sense it's not like oh this really feels like it's missing eccleston um so you know there is a precedent in entertainment for something like this happening but i don't know if sony has the uh ability you know that seems like a better scenario where they had a backup plan in case Somebody said like no. the, the story would still say, stay the same, you know, but this yeah. one says like, they don't know what happens in act three. So it makes Ooh. me seem feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but if I had to guess, maybe the other, if Andrew and Toby Wire do show up, they will be, they will show up in a way maybe that like they showed up at the end of Ghostbusters where it's like not consequential to the overall story. It's not right. tied in. It's just like a cool moment kind of thing. You know I what I mean? Get, yeah, I would guess that if we're going to see them, it's going to be some sort of like a, I don't know, maybe they talk to somebody and like they're losing the fight. Maybe it's strange. Maybe it's someone else. Or maybe it's Mysterio. Maybe they bring him back in some capacity and Mysterio, he has to team up with Mysterio because Mysterio is the one that uh, in the Spider-Man comic that opens up the portal that connects Miles to uh, to Peter. And then he goes through a mysterious portal and they meet. Maybe they have to, they're act three. They got to pull out all the stops and they talk to somebody who opens up these portals and he goes and finds a couple other Spider-Men. Now I had an idea. I don't know if we've actually talked about this before. What if, what if now this is Sony. So this is giving them way too much credit, but uh-huh. what, what if the reveal is that there's actually live action miles and the Andrew Garfield and Toby is the big misdirect. And they are feeding the rumors so that we're all talking about that and that there's actually a live action Miles being pulled from another universe. Could they pull that off? I would love that, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. That that, would, that would be it. Like that, that would, would be in, incredible. I'll eat crow if that's the case, because I've been like trashing them for not being able to keep it secret for a couple of years now. Right. Uh, also, in the same interview, Tom Holland said, no one believes me, but they're not in the film. Talking about Andrew Garfield and Toby McGuire. So, right. uh, I don't know. I hope that would be really cool, Michael. That would be. Or that, if, that's very, very hopeful uh, booking on my part. Can you imagine? Like, can we just talk about put, put ourselves in the headspace of if they're not in it? Oh, like, man. what will the response be? Even Purely if it's a negative, fantastic right? film, everyone will be disappointed, right? They, I mean, they've booked themselves into a corner here uh, to use wrestling parlance. You know, they've uh, they have to deliver it. They have and to. they didn't even promise it. It's just the Internet. But somehow it came to it's be not their fault if that happens. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they can do. If, if So if you're the head of Sony and they are, in fact, not in this movie, how do you handle that? Do you, do you have to say, hey, look, don't be for real. Don't be disappointed. Have some suit say it. You know, not Tom Holland, who no one will believe. Say, hey, look, we don't want to disappoint anybody. Don't go in this thinking. I don't, I don't know. You can't do that press release, right? 
I don't know. I mean, they have said every every chance they get, they're not in this movie. That's fake. Uh, d- don't get your hopes up. You know, like so. I feel like it's purely on the fans if if they get disappointed about it. You imagine, know, imagine imagine it is fake, and you're the first, and you're that person who doctored those fake set photos. You got to be so pleased with yourself. Yeah, like you fooled the the whole internet into thinking that they, these people are in this movie. It definitely won't color my enjoyment of the movie at all, but I'm hoping my fantasy booking comes in comes to play. I think we get. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. We get a live action Miles. It's happening. I would love that. I hope you're right. That's that, that's that would the be real a, a genuine surprise. You know. Yep. Or what if like it wasn't live action Miles? It's different universes. You know. Oh, what if we got like what if Spider Verse? Literally Miles? The, yeah, literally Spider Verse and, and like Gwen and like the animated ones Ooh. come in. I don't think, final fight. I think I think that's it's like too much. Ch- like Space Jam. Right. I think that's too much. Like Roger Rabbit. I think that's too yeah. much. I, okay. I don't know. I mean, I I would love it that, but too I, don't much. Know, I don't know. If, I don't think they would ever do that. I, I'd love to see it though. But you can't leak set photos of that. No. No. So we wouldn't, wouldn't know about it if they are. Be very easy to remove from a trailer, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. We're onto something. Porky mm-hmm. Pig. Yeah, that's it. You heard it here first. Porky Pig, isn't it? You heard it here first. Not Parky Pig. Uh, Spider Ham. Peter Porker. Yeah. Um, we'll see. How dare you? Put respect yeah, on he that. Was, he wasn't at all inspired by Porky Pig in that movie. No. Um, okay, moving on. Ahsoka, the show, it's still coming out. And uh, we've talked about how Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels is in it. But apparently yes. they have an actress now, Natasha Liu uh, Bordizzo. She looks very familiar. And I honestly looked up what she was in to try and pre-game and you have like no see what i know her from but i didn't recognize any of the roles so i'm very confused but um she's apparently going to play she'll be a lead in the ahsoka so in multiple episodes but okay i think it's pretty exciting for 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 people you know um i didn't watch a lot of rebels so i'm not like a sabine Wren fan but it's really cool that they're actually doing animated stuff in live action you know speaking of what we want for miles you know this can right. be the blueprint it i mean we'll have to see um, you know, I, this is random about Miles, but I saw part of Disney Plus Day. They had a trailer for this movie called Sneakerella. Okay. Um, and it's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, a Someone leaves it. It's like a guy, a guy who makes sneakers and he leaves it at a party. And it's like the Cinderella, basically. But it's um, yeah. it's a sneaker. Anyway, uh, it stars. His name's Chosen Jacobs. He's, the, he's from uh, one of the actors from It. Chapter yes. one and two, one of the mm-hmm. kids. And he looks like I feel like he'd be perfect casting for Miles at this point. Like he was a little young when it was coming out, but I saw this trailer and all I could think of was like casting to play Miles, you know? Yes. So I, go watch the Sneakerella trailer and then get on this train with me that uh Chosen should play Miles. But he looks so he looks like very accurate. But okay, moving on. Um I, I'm I'm with that. He was good in it one and two, you know. Um yeah, he was speaking of Miles. There is a what if comic series coming out, the return of what if, but this one is all what if Miles, Miles Morales is what it's called. And it is him reimagined as different Marvel characters like uh, Wolverine, Captain America, stuff like that. All right, Miles um, is in Spider Man, confirmed. Yep. I mean, if they're, if they're pushing it. a big line of Miles stuff, you know, maybe. I mean, he's showing up somewhere. Know. Miles is happening. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to gas myself up too much over it. and Now you're going to be disappointed in the movie if he's not right. in it. I'll be disappointed if Emma Stone Spider-Gwen isn't in it. 
Ooh. Uh, I, and she, she teams she, up with Bryce Dallas Howard, Spider Gwen from the Raimi verse. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, we riot. We, yeah, we riot. Uh huh. Yeah. We burn it down. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that sounds this, cool. What if Miles Morales is written by Cody Ziegler and penciled by Paco Medina, who is a really good artist? Um, I have been wanting what if comics to come out for a long time. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them all being based on the same character, but I think we'll get some cool one-shot stories here. What do you think, Michael? I definitely think that's a good idea. I think I think that's a neat a neat way to to operate. What if, um, at least to have like an anchor thing, sort of like um like a creep show or some of the anthology thing. It's like, you know, you have a wraparound thing rather than n- no continuity throughout it. Now, there's not really any continuity, but it's all Miles. So, like, you can say, "Oh, I wonder what Miles is going to get up to this month." You know, I, right? I think that's neat. I think we could, if I think this is a nice test, and then we'll do like, "What if other characters and see and reimagine them in other roles?" I like it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, it's nice. It'll be nice to see, like, because there will be a through line, you know, to see how like this one, like, soul, like, changes with each different circumstance. You know, there's right. also going to be Hulk and Thor at some point. So I don't know. I think it'll be cool. Looking forward to it. But that is my final bit of news. Okay. Uh, We'll get into mine. I don't have, I have a few pieces, but most of them are pretty quick. Uh, So taking over for Ron, uh, I have some video game news. Uh, The only video game news I have is we got a 14 second teaser for the live action Halo TV series coming to Paramount plus next year. Um, And it doesn't show much um, other than somebody putting on a helmet. Basically they're back putting on a helmet. Um, Dylan, are you excited for this in any way? Do you care about Halo? No. Uh, I'll watch <laughs> uh, it. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll try watch it. it. I, lo- I watch the genre stuff, so <sighs> Does I have Paramount- a bad feeling yeah. about it. I don't want to, I don't know. I you have, don't want to put that out there, but you're not into I it? Have, my gut says this is going to be bad. Oh, it has to be. I, mean, I don't want to be baselessly negative, but it's Paramount Plus I mean, and the, the teaser it, looked kind of corny. Like It did. I mean, but I mean, band-aid. again, we're judging it off a 14 second teaser, so Right, there's not much to go on yet. It could and be great. To be fair, I don't know enough. I've played a good chunk of the Halo games um, all the way through, and I don't really know enough about the lore. I've beaten Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST, Reach. Um, and I, I couldn't tell you much about Master Chief fighting aliens. I don't really, I don't know. The Covenant. Am I, am I wrong in assuming that you need like a huge budget to make this faithful? Yes. Well, I mean... If it's a live action, absolutely. Otherwise, it's going to look How? like garbage. Because everything I feel is. Like they're going to ground it in some way. Like, mm. I don't know how, but I feel like it's going to be not like the interstellar adventure that people yeah. are used to. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Um, th- so that's coming sometime next year. I think it doesn't even have a firm date. The, it is 2022 is the date. Um, then uh, moving on to wrestling news, um, uh, Eddie Kingston uh, from AEW, um, who has been super hot lately and the king of <clears throat> does he know that wrestling is fake type of uh, type of promos, uh, absolute legend on the microphone, um, is going to be doing his first solo singles match in New Japan uh, pro wrestling, which is very exciting. Good for Eddie. Eddie's got a really great story. Um, he put out an article he wrote a, a, an article a couple of weeks back uh, about mental health and uh, his struggles with uh, becoming a wrestler and everything uh, online a couple of weeks back. Go, go and read that. It's long. It's very good. And it, 
if you don't already, if you're a wrestling fan and you don't already love Eddie Kingston, you need to, you need to, you need to figure it out. You need to come on the right team and be pro Eddie. So Eddie is going to be a <laughs> new Japan uh, wrestling at their nemesis event. Uh, that's that's the, at their new Japan of America uh, arm of, of shows. Uh, that's going to be in December 9th. So that's very exciting. Happy to see Eddie getting good work. Um, on Kenny Omega news, um, as we reported last week, uh, he lost his title to Hangman Adam Page. Uh, and also on this past Wednesday on EW Dynamite, he was sort of written off TV uh, because he has to go have a bunch of surgery because he has been falling apart <laughs> for five years. Um, so he does have a shoulder surgery scheduled for uh, next month. Um, however, he is still the AAA Omega champion. <laughs> Uh, or oh, I'm sorry, mega champion, not Omega champion. Um, he is a triple A mega champion, uh, which is a problem. So I don't know at this point, uh, triple A announced yesterday, Sunday, that is we're recording on Monday morning that today, Monday, sometime they will give an announcement on what they're going to about, about his status because it is rumored. Huh. So they have uh, triple mania Regia uh, coming up uh, later on. Uh, it's, it's in December. And that is like their WrestleMania, their big show. And it is rumored that he will not be on it because he Ooh. will have shoulder surgery. Uh, so I, I th- it's expected that he's just going to have to vacate the title rather than have a match to lose it, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but we'll see what it is. But they're already in AEW. They're already uh, building the story for his return and sowing the seeds of him uh, descent within the elite. So it's looking good. I think Kenny Omega still ha- has another. This isn't the end for Kenny Omega. Uh, he had an amazing run this this time. He's uh, he's 38 though, you know. So you know, I think he's got one more good one after coming back from surgery. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen when he comes back. But when he does, it's going to be a wild time. Um, getting into gaming news, uh, tabletop gaming news. Um, D and D there's going to be a D and D themed restaurant in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So with that, Dylan, you might say why Lake Geneva, Wisconsin? Well, that is the birthplace and home of Gary Gygax, the guy that created D and D and where they host Gary Con every year. Um, Gary Con is sort of the, the answer to Gen Con to what Gen Con okay. used to be. Gen Con is the world's biggest gaming convention. It used to be a smaller convention and now it is. Like SDCC, it's huge, massive, takes over the whole city uh, of Indianapolis. And so now every year in Lake Geneva, they have GaryCon, which is very small. Uh, it's all gaming, no big celebrity guests. And if they're there, they're just there signing stuff. And, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's like a hotel con, like a hotel uh, comic con, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so in Lake Geneva, um, there's going to be, they're opening a restaurant in 2024. It's called the Griffin and the Gargoyle. It's a 350 seat restaurant um, that is going to be um, have a bunch of each room will have a different theme based around different D&D classes and tropes. Um, there's going to be axe throwing, uh, you know, a secret game store. There's a room called the library. There's, you know, a bunch of actors that are going to be paid to be in character. You know, it's like you're walking into a true D&D tavern. So that's pretty exciting. Um, sounds a lot like um you know, the Star Wars, whatever they call the Star Wars land in uh, Universal or whatever. Disney, where is Star Wars land? Yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney World. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it sounds a lot yeah. like a lot like that, but for D and D fans, so that's super cool. I'm looking at the mockups, and it looks very impressive. It looks I'll very ambitious. That. Yes, it looks yeah, very. I'm ambitious. like, are they going to do this? Actually, yeah. I mean, I don't. How know. do they? How does this be profitable in that town? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I it's it's Lake Geneva is not a big town. Is it near a city? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, I've looked into it cause I've wanted to go to Gary Con previously, but flights are so expensive because nothing flies direct to Lake Geneva. It's like flying direct to Sugarland. You know, it's like, I think their biggest man looking. Is it by Milwaukee or something? It's in Wisconsin. You said, right? Yeah, it probably is. Probably. Oh yeah. It's, it's right outside of Milwaukee. Okay. So, so maybe we'll get some Milwaukee business. Yeah. That's gotta be it. But, but it looks so cool. I will. I mean, the mockups are awesome. So I would yeah. definitely go here if if it was local. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make a trip to go, but I think I think they're also they're also trying to revamp GaryCon into um, being a more destination thing for yeah. Because as the hobby is getting bigger, you know, they're trying to get more people to do these things. Um, moving on, we have uh, some more details on the upcoming Marvel tabletop role playing game, which was announced uh, several months ago. I did it, a, I, I broke that news whenever that was. Um, so, yeah, Marvel is doing the Marvel Multiverse RPG, uh, and they've released a little bit of uh, details about it. Um, coming up in March 2022, they're going to be selling a playtest booklet. It's 104 pages and it's 10 bucks. Um, it's going to c- include pre-made versions of Marvel heroes, along with rules for creating your own. Um, so you're not going to be stuck with just playing Spider-Man cap, you know, all these people, you can do whatever you want. Um, Michael, the, the peach and Moko cover is so cool. It's like Wanda with like with dice. three dice. I know. And they say six, six, one, six. It's so well, cool. So that's interesting. So um, one of the things that uh, some of, some of this information we have right now, so, the, the stats are called might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. It's two to six players or more. Um, and it uses 3D6 system, which they call the... So in a lot of games, like if you're using a D20, it'll be called a D20 system. Or if you're using a 2D20 system, it's a 2D20 system. This is called a D616 system um, that is exclusive to this game. And if you do roll a 616, you yield fantastic results. Uh, Ooh, okay. Yes. Um, so the play the playtest book is coming out uh, March twenty uh, twenty two, um, and then there's going to be instructions on how to send them your feedback uh, whenever that comes out. And hopefully, if this is available to retailers, we will be doing some in store stuff for this. Um, I really hope we can. Uh, yeah. Well, at the very least, when the whenever the full game comes out, we'll do a big in store demos and games and et cetera, et cetera. But um, that's very exciting news. Um, we have some winds of winter news from George R. R. Martin. Uh, um, here we go. Why? Yeah, this is actually I, a couple of weeks is old. Is there going to be no news? Um, well, I mean, no, kind of. Um, but we have a new release date. Okay. Um, November 13th, 2023. Michael, <laughs> you don't believe that. No, of course I don't. But what we do know, the big news that we did, we did learn that it is going to be um uh it's going to be released in two books bound together uh or you, well it'll be uh, two volumes that seek uh of the of the thing is going to be huge and are bound covered no no i'm sorry 
it's confusing. It's either going to be two volumes split into paperbacks or one huge hardcover at over 3000 pages, which at at that point is the longest English language novel ever written as far as I know, or mass produced anyway. Um, Because Atlas Shrugged is up there at like 1500 pages. So this is double that. Okay. So hear me out. I have a conspiracy. Okay. So you said it might be two books bound together, like two uh-huh. books packaged together. What if he's releasing a dream of spring also with it? I like see they come out, they I, come out at the same time. That's what I'm thinking too. I think, I think the reason it's taking so long is he wants to just be done with it. And he's going to, he's writing the end. I, I mean, he that's already fun. takes a cool. long time anyway. If he just dropped it, it's like, all right, I'm done with game of Thrones. Here you go. They could almost forgive the wait if he does that. If it's a, a surprise, like Beyonce lemonade drop, the final right. book also that'd be cool because i yeah i mean he would never say that because then he puts way too much pressure on himself um but i i think that's a possibility um but we had we do have a little bit of uh tv news here uh as we alluded to it just a little bit ago uh from ridley scott um ridley scott was doing an interview with uh bbc radio 4 uh talking about a blade runner tv series uh, and Alien as well, saying, uh, "quote We have already written the pilot for the for Blade Runner and the Bible, uh, so we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV series, uh, possible uh, probably the first ten hours." Uh, and Alien is in a similar stage of development. Um, it's got a about eight to ten hour uh, Bible written, which I'm I'm unfamiliar Bible. with that term. That's what he's saying. I'm unfamiliar with that term. I guess is that like the 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 plot book or something. Is it like the lore and the rules and stuff like that? I, I, don't I know. guess so. Sort of like the things that they cannot go against. Of course, he would call it that, though. Of well, yeah, he would. So yeah, they're yeah. When I'm saying Bible, I don't mean capital B Christian Bible. I mean the Bible that uh, <laughs> the Bible of the plot. I guess I don't really know. That's what those are Ridley Scott's words, not mine. Um, so I'm excited uh, about that. I do love the Blade Runner universe. Um, although details are obviously scarce right now. Um, and it's, we don't know if that'll affect the, another Blade Runner movie that Denny Villeneuve wants to make. Uh, we'll see if that ever happens. Um, no, it won't. I mean, if Dune does, you know, if Dune two does, okay, maybe he'll get to go back, (laughs) but anyway, I'm excited for both of the, I mean, I would like a Blade Runner show. That's not those, like the main characters, you know, something in that universe. And then, Alien, they announced that a long time ago that they right. were working on it. And but it's now supposed it looks to be, like it's further along. Yeah. It's supposed to be by Noah Hawley, who I really like, who did Legion and Fargo and okay. that all those stuff. So if that's still true, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Um, three little bits of movie news here. Um, we have some casting for a new Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, Jonah Hill is going to be playing uh, Jerry Garcia, the lead singer and guitar player from The Grateful Dead. Um, Dylan, are you familiar with the Grateful Dead? I assume you're a huge fan. Familiar, yeah, not not a huge fan. Okay, yeah, Grateful Sorry. Dead is. I know you're surprised to hear that. Yeah, right. Grateful Dead is a legendary uh, festival band uh, with very dedicated fan base, very unique style of music. Uh, Jerry Garcia died, I don't know, in the '90s, I think. Um, but they've been is this around. Good since... casting. Um, I guess. I mean, visually, sure. I mean. Jerry Garcia Hill can do dramatic stuff. Yes, People he can. Know, if you've only seen Superbad, it won't be that, you know? Right. Um, the Grateful Dead definitely do have an interesting story, you know? Um, so uh, 
I'm interested to see what's going on. Um, I don't love, you know, I'm not a big Martin Scorsese fan, but, uh, you know, eyebrows, eyebrows tends to make a lot of the same movie. Um, but it's, it's not the mafia. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's okay. Casting, I think. Um, and I do actually do like the dead a decent amount. I know, um, Nick who was on the show a couple weeks back is a dead fan, a deadhead, if you will. Um, so I'd have to get his take on that too. Um, but there's that. There's no release date or title for this movie. Um, but that's all we know. Um, two more bits here. Um, Dylan, have you ever seen the 1985 film, The Stuff? No. I love that movie, by the way. The Stuff is amazing. Um, okay. The Stuff is, uh, what is the plot here? Um, a delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation, but the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. So it's this company uh, finds this this goo and they put it in a they they market it as a dessert and sell it everywhere and it becomes the most popular product. It's about consumerism. It looks like um, fluff. It does. The... It do- it looks like marshmallow fluff. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um. But anyway, so that's that. Uh, that anyway, cool. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. Um, anyway, so um, there has been a new print discovered, weirdly enough, from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, and it's labeled as the director's cut with, with 30 minutes of extra footage that has never before seen anywhere else. So we don't know what's going to happen with this, but I would assume, well, Arrow Video has the rights to this movie currently. So they released, a, I think, Four or five years ago, they released a Blu-ray of this. So, you know, 1985, maybe 20, 2025, we get a, a 40th anniversary of the stuff director's cut. Um, I would be and excited you would buy to see that, that, right? I, I absolutely, I would buy that because uh, I think I think that's really cool. And we're getting a lot of that lately. I feel like we've had a lot of news stories of, look, we found this lost George Romero movie, or we found this extra three hours of this thing that we didn't know existed. They're going to find the air cut for Suicide Squad. Arrow is uh, going to release it in like 50 years. Gross. Uh, no, thank you. Um, also, as a for anybody speaking of uh, home video releases, uh, Vinegar Syndrome has their um, Black Friday sale starting this Friday, obviously, at midnight. Um, they do sell out on a lot of things very quickly, and everything is going to be half off. So if you're interested, do it. Um, pick up Sensor. That's going to be uh, re- available uh, that day. Also, Dario Argento's Trauma is releasing that day. Uh, some very good stuff. Um, and if you want to feel like a big baller, I'm not going to do it this year. I, I, I always want to, but uh, it's it's too much money. They have the, you can become a yearly subscriber, uh, and you pay them. It's like a grand or something, and you get everything they release the following year. Ooh, it's a deal. It's definitely a deal because you're getting okay. everything at like. 65% off is what that breaks it's like down a mystery to. box. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you're buying most of the crap anyway, um, do it. I'm not, I'm not doing it this year. Um, but anyway, so that's this Friday. That's, that's my black Friday hype. That's what I'm doing. Um, and then if my final bit of news here, we got a, the final trailer for Guillermo del Toro's nightmare alley starring uh, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett and Tony Collette and other people as well. Uh, what did you think about this Dylan? I still don't know what it's about. Me neither. But it's like a sizzle reel and it looks really good. So it, it looks fantastic. Del Toro, so I'll watch it. And I believe it comes out the same day as Spider-Man, which is unfortunate. 
Oh no. I know. Because if I had we'll to pick Spider Man late. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if I had to pick, it would be this, honestly. Um, but I'm very excited. Um, go watch the trailer for this. Um, it looks shape of water. It's got uh what's it, Richard Jenkins? Is that his name? Yeah, Richard Jenkins from Hint, uh from uh Shape of Water and a bunch of other good people. So I mean it's Del Toro, man. Go watch this trailer, it looks phenomenal. Um yeah. It's gonna be nominated for an Oscar. Calling yeah. it. Guar- guaranteed. I don't know if it's gonna win. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say, but anyway. Maybe this will be Tony Collette's chance, finally. Finally. After well, snub- we've, we've for, seen paint for hereditary. Snubbed. We've seen very uh uh little bit of Tony Collette in this movie, so we don't know the size of her role. But I think she's playing like a circus performer, like card reading type person. Yeah, it looks like it's Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper's movie based on the yeah. trailer. But but anyway. You never know. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Later, guys. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. <laughs>